And now, another conversation with AI bot ChatSWFC. ChatSWFC, how do you stop Michael Smith from scoring a penalty? As an AI language model, I am not affiliated with any sports team or organization, nor do I condone any unsportsmanlike behavior. However, in general, stopping a penalty kick in soccer can be challenging but not impossible. Here are some tips that might help. 1. Study the player's past penalty kicks. Research the player's past penalty kicks to learn their tendencies. This information can give you an idea of where the player might aim the ball, which can help you prepare for the shot. 2. Stay focused. Stay focused on the ball and the player's movements to anticipate where the ball might go. Avoid getting distracted by the crowd or any other external factors. 3. Position yourself correctly. Position yourself in the middle of the goal, as this increases your chances of stopping the ball regardless of where it is kicked. Make sure you are also on the balls of your feet and ready to move quickly in any direction. 4. Use mind games. Try to distract the player by making noises or movements, but make sure you do not break any rules or resort to unsportsmanlike conduct. 5. Be confident. Believe in your ability to stop the penalty kick. Be confident, stay relaxed, and trust in your training and abilities. Remember, stopping a penalty kick is not easy, and even the best goalkeepers can't save every penalty kick. The most important thing is to do your best and stay focused on the game. But when Michael Smith takes a penalty you could have two goalkeepers in there and they would have trouble saving that. shouldn't look at the table before Christmas, and you definitely should not look at the live table during the game here on the Owls America. It's Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. I'm your host on Suburban Utah, Jeffrey Paternostro. I probably break that rule, both of them, on occasion. And I'm breaking some real rules with my drink tonight. We got about six inches of snow, which would usually call for a, for a hot toddy or a winter warmer or something in that direction. I'm going uh I'm going Honolulu Wednesday after a five goal win and drinking the Rockapoco from Uinta Brewing Company in Salt Lake City. It's a pineapple orange mimosa wheat ale brewed with real fruit. Uh it's it's four point five, it's very light, which is good. We got a lot of goals to cover, so I can sip it throughout the show. And joining me to discuss the five two win over MK Dons. In Cascadia, it's our Cascadia Owl. Mike Laroon. Mike, what are you drinking? Well, for the second year in a row, you caught me on Ash Wednesday. So mm. we are, we're trying that midweek drinking thing again. But I will say, uh, last night for Mardi Gras, my, uh, my son's band was playing out in North Mississippi, which is a neighborhood over here. And we went afterwards with a bunch of the bands to, see, to the uh, Ecliptic Brewing. And I had their Capella Porter, which is awesome. And what is it? Capella Porter is uh, sweet, dark malt aromas, followed by a nice medium body, flavors of chocolate and caramel. So it was really good. Um, it was very good. And tonight I'm just enjoying a nice hot tea, and we'll see how long this uh, Lent season goes. I'm also sitting in four inches of snow, which all came down. In, like, I was going to say, you got a little hours. bit of snow, too. Yeah, so. it is. It is coming down here. It's very unlike Portland to get this much snow in, like, a couple hours. But, yes. 
Also very unlike Wednesday to score five goals in a game. We will cover that. We'll cover the MK Dons game. We'll cover the Wednesday news. We will preview a trip to the Latics at the weekend. But we will start with the top of the league once again Wednesday. After defeating MK Dons 5-2. Uh, my word is different gravy, which is technically two words, but... We are we're pretty loose with our one word recaps on this show. Man, it kind of felt in the first half like, okay, they haven't lost in eighteen games in the league. This can't go on forever. There's gonna be a bad day at the office. This is just the bad day at the office. Did it though? It I mean it did a little bit. So uh Justin I, is not here. And Justin wanted <laughs> us to uh Take Wednesday fans to task for their reaction to the first half, and specifically the the rotation in the back three with Iorfa, James, and Palmer, with Flint and Maywo rotating out. You know, as Darren Moore said after the game, you know, Flint hasn't really played in the last year and has played four games in the last two and a half weeks. You know, if Maywo coming off an injury has played a lot as well. I get that. Uh, I've, There's an opportunity there for 10 days rest. There is. I, I have enjoyed the Iorfa renaissance. I'm still not super confident uh, with him in the no, middle of a I back three. Yeah. So, you know, again, it was... You look at the two goals, right? And the first one, should Iorfa close him down a little bit quicker? Yeah. Yes, but also, you're going to let, like... If he wants to shoot from there, you're happy to let him shoot from there on the counter, right? Because there's a pretty good chance it ends up 15 rows back in the cop, and it didn't. It wasn't. Yeah, it like, wasn't even a, a full field counterattack. It was kind of yeah. a, a muffed up passes. So a lot of our players were out of position. So I can yep. see why they weren't set. I. It's. Yeah. So that that and whole second loop goal world was a, was a yeah. bad header from Iorfa that kind of went straight up and. Yeah. Fell at the feet of the Charlton player. Then Iorfa like it was a little bit. It was a little bit Benny Hill, right? Which can happen, you know, Iorfa and. Reese James haven't played a ton together, ran into each other, sort of creating the, the space for them to slot at home. And it's just like they, they really had two chances and they took their two chances, right? So that's they did. the way it goes. But and it's, like I saw a different game than than mm-hmm. people than the negativity. But let's let um I don't know. Let continue. And they go in, you know, you would like them to equalize for the half. They have a couple half chances that don't really materialize. You know, Liam Palmer's got a nice little opportunity that gets uh, blocked off and falls on the crossbar. They go in the half down 2-1. You're kind of like, okay. And then I think especially when MK Dallas came out in the second half, immediately time-wasting and putting 10 men behind the ball, you're just kind of like, oh. Never forget where your league won. Yeah. yeah. And, like, fair enough to them, right? They're in a relegation fight. They're up 2-1. And they played in the first half. They tried to play. They were not setting up shop from the first minute. But now it's like, okay, it's it's time. You gotta you're gonna have to break them down. And the first few minutes were a little bit ponderous. They're really kind of like there's a fine line between patience and just not really doing anything. And they were just kind of knocking it around at the back. And they had the the Michael Smith chance on the slice shot, which in the moment I thought he absolutely should have scored. And on replay, it's like, okay, he had the the guy in front of him. He kind of had to lift it. And 
you know, you want to get that on frame, but whatever, fair enough. And then, you know, they get a penalty, which it was a good long throw from from Will Vox, clear-cut penalty. And Michael Smith walks up, and I'm like, all right, 2-2, before he even takes it. Because he does not miss. He does, he does not, not miss penalties. Nope. He is going to hit it to one side as hard as he can, and where if you guess right, you're not going to get it. So it's not going to be a good height for you. He's just going to absolutely leather it. It's it's fun to watch. You know, I think he's gotten maybe a bit of stick here and there for not being the kind of prolific goal scorer he was at Rotherham, but he's got 14 goals in all competitions. Like his goal per game ratio yeah. is. It's crazy. About no, it's as great. good as it was yeah. last year. And yeah, a, a fair few of those are penalties, but also he does not miss penalties. Yep. And they all count. Uh, we should... I skipped ahead to goal two. We should talk about the first goal because my God. Uh, and an immediate response too for the early goal for Charlton, but the... The pass and the, the flip. The pass, especially if you've seen the, the match yeah, day the, YouTube video, the field level... Yes, where they, they shot pre- from like awesome. these scenes, yeah. just great picking editing. out the run because yeah. Windass had just started his run when James decides to make that play. And like, yeah, he's doing a little run to try to split the defense, so he knows where to end up. He just gets it just over the defender onto Windass's foot. But Windass has so much work to do. Well, that's what's gets to great about the uh, these inside match day videos. They have that mm-hmm. one angle down there where you cannot see that on iFollow. You just know mm-hmm. he scored, and you don't yeah. really know was it a deflection? Did he bobble it? Did he what? What happened there? But then when you see the uh, this from this other angle, and you see how deliberate the flip was, and he timed mm-hmm. it, and he just got it right over the keeper's head. It was just and his first touch to even crazy. give him a chance. It, it could easily yeah. have just bounced off him and rolled right to the keeper, right? Yeah. Or the keeper right. able to close him down and block him off. Yeah but he put it in the exact spot to do exactly what he wanted. And the finish was, again, just an absolutely, you know, a striker in form finish. Right? A little, that point. little pause where you're like, yeah. did he hit it a little too high? And then yeah, I was but he, he, he seemed to know. He, he knew, he, to know. he knew. And we got a celebration, sort of. Was it a pato? A little shimmy. Was it a tribute to pato? Is that what I heard? Uh, it could be, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was, uh, it was awkward, but. Yeah, you can tell awkward, he yeah, was yeah. uncomfortable doing it. He maybe he'll, he'll go back to the uh, non-celebration celebrations as soon as possible. And once the second, we'll go back, we'll skip back ahead to the second goal. Once the second goal went in, it was just kind of like, okay, they're winning this. Like it was just, it was going to come. And, you know, the third goal, another great cross from, I believe it's after Adenarin, right after Adenarin and Gregory came on. Uh, Adenarin, a hell of a right wing back, by the way. I'm a little surprised they were playing him there. I thought they were going to shift to more of a 4 for 2 And it kind of was that at times, but Palmer was still pretty tucked in with Adenarin, you know, in a more of attacking role, which did leave them a little vulnerable at the back uh, down that left channel at times. But when you can put in crosses like that, you know, let the man roam. Uh, never a handball, to be clear. It clearly came off like Michael Smith, head and shoulder. Play to the whistle. Uh, I did love the move, movement by Gregory. As soon as he saw it falling to Johnson, just to get into perfect position to get the cutback. Right. You know, again, for a guy that has not really been in form as a striker, it's good to see he's still doing the Lee Gregory things. Good poacher's goal. Yeah. And then off to the races. And then just run up the goal difference, basically, right? 
the fourth goal, <laughs> a huge deflection. I thought Smith did really well to find the space to get one on one. It was going in. It was going in. Regardless. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, Charlton, we should say, uh, they did come to play, which fair enough. Um, it was the Don's. The reason, by the way. It, was MK Don's. The bu- it was MK yeah, Don's. By sorry, the way. MK Don's. <laughs> one of the reasons they can't, uh, one reason they're at the bottom of the table and probably not used to parking the bus is, man, they're defensively shoddy. Just not no organization at the back. They can, they've got some attacking now, so they've got some players, right? You know, Wednesday was obviously in, interested in, in Jonathan Lacko, I think, uh, last summer. I mean, he's a nice little player. Like, he's a good danger man, but just defensively, they did not offer much. And the fifth goal was hilarious to me because both Byers and Windass were calling for the cross from Johnson. Yes. <laughs> and Windass very disappointed that Byers beat him to it. But. Yeah, and it's easy as you like, right? 5-2, Plymouth draw. Back to the top of the table. I think they picked up a... I think Bolton lost, didn't they do? Or Bolton drew? Picked up a uh, someone ball. drew to bring up Switch back. Uh, yeah. You can yeah. tell we're really prepared Bolton for this. I think Bolton drew, one. and Ipswich like, destroyed Forest Green, I think. Yes, uh, as you do. As you do, yeah. So, again, just another another good day of the office after looking like a bad day of the office. Your word was All-Star Weekend. Yeah, I think it is All Star. Was All Star Weekend in the it NBA? Is, yes. Um, I, I commented uh, right to here in Salt online. Lake City. Yep. Oh, there you go. I didn't even know that. I commented to someone online about my least favorite thing in American sports these days in the last thirty years, and I said it was, you know, when things are going bad, you add more teams to the playoffs or you expand mm-hmm. the league, and that just waters or it like down. Like MLS, yes. But <laughs> now it's. But now the other thing I forgot was trying to pretend that All Star games matter anymore. Um, which is why I thought about All-Star Weekend and, and whatnot. But if I told you back in August that there would be a game in February and we'd be in first place and you'd have goals from Windass, Smith, Gregory, Windass, Byers and assists from James, Johnson, Johnson, and Bannon, would you just be like, we're clicking? Or would you think that was the flute game? I mean, so you look back now. And we talked about this at the beginning of the year where they were kind of getting goals from everywhere in the squad, right? You know, Marvin yeah. Johnson was chipping in, Byers and Bannon, Bannon especially early, uh, Fizz. They didn't really get Gregory and right. Smith off the line. Now you look up and, you know, Smith has 14 goals in all competitions. Windass has 14 goals in all competitions. And, you know, Gregory has not had the best scoring record and has, has been hurt. They're still getting goals from midfield. You know, I think Byers has five. I think Bannon has around yeah. five. And yeah, I mean, this is like how you would have drawn it up, right? This, I think we talked about it at the beginning. This is the best squad in the league from a talent standpoint. It's yes. like this plays like a mid-table championship team. Has a lot of you know recent mid-table championship players on it. And yeah, nineteen unbeaten in the league. They're clicking. They're fed. They're fine. The team's never actually fit, right? They have like two healthy actual center backs, but yeah. They, uh... I, I mean, it does it does accentuate that yes, the um, the Iorfa might be a little bit of a risk, but I still think he's has some flashes there where he's good enough. I, I, I didn't I, even have I, a great game by his standard. He was pretty poor yeah. in the first half, but also assisted for two of the goals. I got two assists. So how bad was it? Right. So no. Um, yeah, I. I mean, maybe they're just relentless. Time. They have yeah, so many different ways to beat you. 
maybe it's hindsight, but I just I don't I didn't feel that there was a big threat in the first half. Um, I thought the goals were flukyish, and I it seemed. And then um, I guess we can talk more about this later. But there's an, the article in the uh, the Star about you know their halftime routine now. It's just very mm-hmm. calm. It's very analytical. I'm more surprised that they hadn't been doing that prior to this season, but um, it just seemed like, yeah, they made it. Tony Pulis is not a calm, uh, analytical (laughs) voice in the locker room. And it just seemed like they made adjustments. This is just a very, aside from everything we've said, it's a very mature team and they're ready. Let's go. I will mention uh, before we move on, my favorite moment, I was watching the, Billy Gregory post-match interview. And I didn't realize, like, there's literally just a, like, bag and mulch mower they used to... <laughs> I just to. <laughs> grass after the game. Like, my, my father's yeah, 1990s craftsman on the craftsman. Yeah. Can't get these can guys with a ride-on or something? Yeah. Can you hold that for five minutes? Um, it's, it's just they got to stop every, long it takes uh, to do that. Every two passes, um, they empty the bag and the uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Again, the 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 inside match day has been very insightful to see that it, the way that was edited with the kids playing on the field immediately after mm-hmm. the game, and then they're out there cutting the grass. And I want to picture that one of the kids is pushing the mower, and yeah, so it's a family. It is. Yeah, you know, you're stuck with them for life. (laughs) Oh, well, no, no. (laughs) I guess we are. Mm. But another good win in the books. We'll take a break, come back, discuss the Wednesday news, and preview the upcoming Charlton match. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. And the usual, again, I know it's literally the end of February. We're about to discuss February Player of the Month, because yeah. why not? But uh, Josh Windass won the PFA Player of the Month, or fans vote, or whatever, for January, uh, even though it's February 22nd. But that was, like, I think the middle of last week, so it was only the middle of February when that vote came out. <laughs> last no, week, a show. brace against, the, you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a very good month. <laughs> No, there's a hat trick in there. He scored two again in the Newcastle win. Fair enough. Last week, we uh, we did discuss, obviously, the Ipswich penalty incident, all being very confused. Uh, but Marvin Johnson has been charged with violent conduct based on I don't know what exactly. I saw somebody on Twitter speculating, like, fan cell phone video. Like, who knows at this point? There, There is... Yeah, again, it's all about this editing. And if you go back and look at some of the stuff that people have edited together, you're like, oh, there, there's something there. Um, right, I but think, the, if you didn't I think see they noted, it, the, you... the ref noted at the time, or even the the, the lineup who obviously made the, or saw it and yeah. convinced the ref to make the call, didn't actually know who was the offending player because it's, again, it's you know a complicated, yeah. everybody's sort of running about in a, scrum before a corner kick so it all it's all well, comes out a little weird to me like you don't want to lose marvin johnson for for no. three games or whatever it does seem a little weird to give him a retroactive red but i guess we'll see how this all plays out yeah it's it's funky um it, yeah it, but does it have to be with the evidence that was presented to the i have no time? idea I it's just, yeah so anyway this lord knows there's enough CC cameras in the UK to 
capture <laughs> anything at this point. <laughs> Speaking of February Player of the Month, who is your February Player of the Month? Because uh, next time we record, it'll be uh, March 1st or thereabouts. 28 days. Short month. Um, I'm going to go with, he's one of our own, Liam Palmer. I think it's been Liam Palmer I don't know again, why yeah. this month. But he just um, keeps putting in like seven or eight out of ten performances every week, right? Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like he he could be the runner-up player of the month for every month of the year, um, or he could be player of the month. They could just alternate between him mm-hmm. and Windass or whoever's scoring. But no, I think um, he's been particularly solid uh, this month, uh, except for when we shipped two goals to MK Dons. But it was good. Yeah, good month. What about yeah. yourself? There you go. Uh, yeah, I mean Palmer seems like the fairly safe bet here. I don't think Flint's quite played enough, but I would certainly make a case for Aiden Flint. Uh, you know, Michael Smith has certainly bagged a fair few goals this month as well. Yeah. Bannon's been good. Again, they, they don't lose, so there's plenty of players to pick from. It's it's good that no one stands out. Um, anyway. As opposed to a couple of years ago when we couldn't decide for different reasons. So One player who stands out, at least to Darby County, is Jack Hunt. Apparently it was reported in the Sheffield Star this week that uh, Darby made a late push for him at the end of the transfer window. A little, a little weird to me. Like everything about this is a little weird. Hunt obviously was not getting a lot of playing time. So, what was the connection? The uh, he, so he would have been. Would he have been at Rotherham at the same time? I I don't even know. Yeah, I'm trying honesty. to figure out what the connection to Darby would be. I assume they um, probably need like they. You're probably like I don't know what Darby is like fullback depth at the moment, but you yeah. see a player that can do a job at this level and is not getting regular playing time. And you know, They obviously sw- tried to swoop in for Lee Gregory last year. But and it's, on some level, it's not a little weird to me that he didn't go. Obviously, at this point, uh, he's been playing better. He's been playing more for the last month or yeah. so. He has important squad depth now, given how often they have to play... Uh, play Palmer. So do we have any... Center back we have any any indication if it was uh, his call or not? No, I didn't see anything. We don't know. To that yeah. just... It's it's also hard when you, and again, I I am out of touch with the Wednesday finances right now, but when you have this much talent, you got to also remember when is, when is good business, good business. Yeah. Um, I hate, I hate the fact that it would be to another league, one player a team, let alone someone in the promotion hunt. So I cannot imagine that, especially if don't want to do that. Add a contract at the end of the season. I can't imagine. Yeah. Happen much of a fee is probably just more valuable yeah, to Wednesday. Yeah, it's a great business. A squad yeah. depth, yeah. Also in the start of this week, I thought a very interesting interview with uh, Jimmy Sean, who has joined Darren Moore's backroom staff and was with him at, at West Brom a couple of years ago as well. And I just thought the insight into, you know, Darren Moore, the person, was very, uh, you know, it's not, a, it's not anything I don't think we already know about Darren Moore. Like, we suspect he's a really great guy. And everybody uh, in that locker room, uh, coach and player, seem to confirm that he's a really good guy. But of course, Sean did take over as, as caretaker at West Brom, was I think the last member of his staff that, uh, the only member of his staff that wasn't swept out when they canned him. And, and he was like, yeah, like basically Darren Moore convinced me to take it and then like called me to Go wish me luck it. before I every think- game. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was, I think that that says so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've all been in, yeah, those of us who've been around the block of employment a few times, we've all been yeah. in places where 
you don't burn bridges on the way out. And uh, it's it was great to uh, to hear to imagine that conversation going on where more sounded like he's like take it if if this works for your family, um, yeah. go for it. So I was going to ask you also in that article, what did you think about his um, schedule? So if you didn't read yeah. the article, he lives in the Midlands. Mm-hmm. His family, he's got three teenage boys or school age. I think kids. yeah, school age, yeah. And he spends sounds like half his week up in Sheffield, which is a, a I mean, around well, California, that's a commute, but <laughs> a daily commute. But for for them, it's a big deal. And yeah. it's it's. I was thinking about if you ever listen or what we know about SEC football here in the states, mm-hmm. American football, is that it sounds like the coaches are essentially under lockdown uh, during right. the fall, and they they see their parent, they see their families a couple hours a week. You know, in the in the team cafeteria, it's just interesting that I I never really thought about that much sacrifice that he's making to to be with Wednesday yeah, away from his family. Obviously, so. and he talks about the industry being kind of mercenary in a lot of regards, right? You're always you're hired to get fired as a football manager, right? And he's not an even yeah. a you know he's a first team coach, so he is even a little more you know he's tied to the manager. Like he doesn't even really. <laughs> I mean, not yep. that he doesn't have it doesn't have influence over the results, but he's not even the you know he, you don't get any of the praise or any of the blame. You just get swept out with the yeah with the rest of the coaching staff. So yeah, it was a little weird because uh, he you know he goes home on the days off basically, and then stays over. I don't I imagine that's not fairly unusual, especially in the in the modern game. That's so uh, yeah. you know so much training and and tactical planning, and obviously again a very crowded fixture schedule as well too. Right. So. You know, you've got to look. You know, we're we're at a bit of a lull in terms of two game per week weeks, but they do come fast and furious, right? You've got to always be running training and planning for the tactics for the next match, and it's probably not super practical. He's a fairly recent addition to the background staff. It's probably not necessarily practical to move his family up here in the short term. So, yeah, was it was it like sense. was it? Yeah. Was it Louis Van Gaal that like lived out of a hotel in Manchester for his like entire time there or whatever? Uh, was it him? Was it was Mourinho? Actually, I don't I remember. Thought it was Mourinho. Mourinho was one who yeah. never moved in, and that's that's the other irony about college football coaches is yep. that they they have to buy the biggest house in the city. Yes, yes, okay. because they need to show a commitment to their, their yes. engagement there. Even though if they had it their way, they'd be in studio apartments across the street. From <laughs> so. Um, the other thing, I, yeah, but the other uh, that other article about the uh, the tactics and the halftime changes, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, talked about how involved uh, Sean is mm-hmm. in that whole situation with uh, making changes and uh, helping with adjustments. And if the and last he came game in is fairly in recently, and I think there has been like yeah. a notable improvement in their sort of both the, both the way they set up and the way they adjust throughout the the course of games now. Like the Adeniran and Gregory substitutions were spot on and they are obviously a little limited especially in their attacking yeah. depth with Wilkes still hurt right. so they've had to probably get a little more creative I remember looking at this line and being like well if they have to end up chasing the game and they, the other thing is we didn't talk about this they haven't really had to chase games right in fairly recent memory and what, one nil and shut them down yeah yeah uh, you know you're comfortable two nil wins you like to talk Comfort- about well we don't get those enough yeah so. but you know, they did have to react, and they reacted very quickly to the to the first goal, and then found their way through after the second goal. It's just like weird, right? They're like a hundred and two point pace, and you just sort of sit here and be like, "Is this like is this Sheffield Wednesday?" But don't you have that big asterisk about everything you say? 
in League One. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so I know, it's, it's, it's not like this team has not been in League One before, right? They're not all they're not all ninety two, ninety three, right? In the in the wider history, but certainly in the more recent history. Yeah. You know, this will be the if they do get promoted out of the league, it'll be their third promotion out of League One in the twenty first century. Twenty first century is only twenty three years old. So. Yes. Uh, we do hope not to be back here anytime soon because you know, preview. I was going to say we want to preview teams like Charlton, but Charlton's been more of a championship league no, they're, yo-yo yeah, they're team in recent years. I'm sure there'll be more Charlton previews. It's the novelty of come. previewing Stanley Stanley for the third time. Mm. So. But uh, when and if Wednesday do get promoted, Justin will have an opportunity once again to talk about Gareth Ainsworth. Because he is no longer at Wickham. He is now at QPR. I don't know why I'm putting this in the Wednesday news segment other than we talk about Gareth Ainsworth a lot on this podcast. It deserves I was thinking about there, that. I was there for a decade, gonna, yeah, right? He's a, I was gonna suggest that on the WhatsApp. It's like, is the Ainsworth News worth being promoted to Wednesday News? Mm-hmm. It is. He is the most interesting man in the world. Yeah, oh my god, that's um, far, but sure. Did you did you see well, you see the, the dress, the hair. Yeah, man. Yeah. Did you see did you see the video that QPR made for his return? They, I did uh, not. Oh, it's awesome. It's, it's, check it out. It's just a bunch of, it's this highlight package from mm. his days at QPR I with the long flowing yeah. hair. And it, I, did, it's, I did not realize he did like a player manager caretaker thing while he was there too. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's hope he doesn't bring his style, the, the Wickham style of play that we're familiar with to QPR. Let's. Um, I don't know how that would play. Uh, I actually have. I don't think it. Have, I will be like weirdly like I I have a vague idea of like what the championship table looks like, but I have like no idea where QPR are. They uh, were up, they were doing well, and now they are uh, below the. I believe they're below the uh, Mendoza line. Yeah, I mean they're they're. I don't want to say they're safe. They're 18th. They're eight points out of the relegation spots, which you know is probably okay in that league. But they've also drawn one and lost four in their last five. Yeah. So but they were up there to steady the, the ship. Season, yeah. Yeah. So. so yeah, probably more Gareth Ainsworth news to come. However, we shift our attention to Charlton at the weekend, a trip to the Valley. They are 11th and 12th and they're 11th overall 12th in the forum table and 10th best form at home. So we're there. This is about as mid table as it gets. Uh, are they like 10 10 and 10 or something 10 10 and 11 <laughs> there we go <laughs> 45 goals scored 43 are. goals against so that yeah. wow so pretty uh, reasonably open i guess for a mid-table team uh you know 45 goals and 43 allowed in 31 games so uh they, again this is another one they have not played wednesday august 13th wednesday won one nil at Hillsborough with a Windass 81st minute winner. No memory of this. I was probably yeah, in right. Utah by that point or thereabouts. It might have been the weekend I got here or the midweek. When, when did I get here? It might have been the weekend I got here. Um, they are, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, there's nothing there in my memory bank about that game. <laughs> I think I accidentally called them the Laddicks, which is actually Wigan. They're the Addicts. Addicts. Right. Yes. It's it's I assume it's haddocks in a southeast London accent. So another fish team. They were formed in 1905, entered the football league in 1921. They have uh, 
Derbies with Palace and Millwall. It doesn't get better than that, I guess. Got old Charlton Millwall Derbies. They've had uh, four periods in the top play of English football, 1936 to 1957, 86-90, the 98-99 season, and 2000-2007. They won the 1947 FA Cup and have played at the Valley more or less since 1919. Their system, uh, they started the season with Ben Garner as manager and the usual platitudes that I see every week in these Justin previews, an up-and-comer analytical progressive manager at Swindon. Uh, he is the one that actually had a first-team coaching experience under uh, Mourinho, Benables, Holloway, Pardew, Pulis, and Warnock. That's quite the list. Ooh. But he was uh, fired back in December, and they brought in Dean Holden, who most recently at uh, Bristol City never really has really settled in in uh, any managerial spot as of yet. And they are just, they're five, one and five under Holden. So just and with a plus one goal difference. So just as uh, really bang average as you can possibly get. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he plays, he's gone back to the four, three, three that, that Garner uses where they play a six and two, eight in midfield. The interesting thing about Charlton that Justin pointed out has to us in uh, WhatsApp this week is that, 35 players have gotten playing time this season and they have had 42 players go out on transfer and loan 21 transfers 21 loans and they brought in eight transfers and five loans so i don't even know how you do a preview because god knows who's we have one familiar one familiar face we're looking forward to seeing i well more than one i don't know if you're looking forward to see them Uh, actually michael hector has uh michael hector has signed there recently, but they also have uh, Sean Clare and Matt Penny. Ah, Sean Clare, we hardly knew you. Uh, yeah, but I Matt forgot. Penny, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought, I don't, I don't remember, Matt Penny's bounced around a little bit, obviously. Yeah. Uh, since leaving Wednesday. Uh, Charlton's recent form, uh, they've gone win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. Their last six games. So again. Win-loss, <laughs> uh, win-loss, win-loss. So Uh-oh. actually, they are due for, okay. yes, they are due for a win, which is... Uh, it's unfortunate. They lost just lost yeah, to uh, that. Uh, Darby at the weekend. Uh, players to watch. Their two highest rated players by who scored are uh, Jezeroon Roxakiai. I probably butchered that. And Scott Fraser. I know how to pronounce that one. Who are both uh, midfielders. Uh, attacking, attack-minded, one on the right, one on the left. Uh, Raksakai leads the team in goals with uh, with nine goals, playing as a winger, so certainly a, a guy to keep an eye on. He plays on the right, so assuming Marvin Johnson is not suspended by then, it will be the assignment for, for Marvin Johnson, and I assume either uh, Reese James or Famewo, depending on how they line up the back three at the weekend. Uh, other players of note, uh, their their usual forward is Macaulay Bond, but he has no goals or assists. And uh, Corey Blackett-Taylor, who plays on the opposite wing, has chipped in with six goals as well. So this is a this is a weird one, right? I mean, they should win this game. 
I do want to say outright. They should, yes. They should win this game. This one feels like they're going to have a slip up here somewhere. I prefer they don't, but the reality is you can't uh, can't win them all or can't not lose them all, I guess, has been the... It's been the Wednesday trend, but they have a little bit of a, I don't want to say a tricky run of games here in March, but, but they do have, yeah, they have, you know, they've got, you know, they got Barnsley, they've got Peterborough. We're seeing more like mid table and, and playoff chasing yes. teams than sort of the, the bottom of the table. Yeah. So in March we have Plymouth Argyle. Yep. Whoops. Do we? Nope. Sorry. Wrong team. Mm-hmm. Wrong table. Um, who do we have? Yeah, Barnsley, uh, Bolton. Yeah. Um, which again, let's thank, let's uh, be thankful we are not on the Pizza Cup uh, uh, yes. along with Bolton right now. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like yeah, it's like uh, Barnsley, Bolton, Peterborough. I think uh, Pompey's in there too. Pompey, yep. Yeah. Um, so it's again, they, yeah, these one are of not, those on some level though. You'd almost a lot of road games too, and obviously they've. Then they these are the first goals they conceded at Hillsborough since like Burton Albion in October or something ridiculous like that. But well, one of I the do... notes I brought up in our our, our um, MK Dawn's review was was that the wobble, you know, did did the wobble that everybody's anticipating last for twenty minutes in the first half of that game, and they somehow tightened up the adjustments. And I think um, they also they do play better against teams that want to play them, right? I think these teams are going to come true, out, yes. especially at home. I think Charlton's going to come out and knock the ball around and try to get at them on the wings and, and, you know, play, play football, albeit league one football. So I wouldn't be, uh, I think that that would suit them probably a little bit more. And they're a better team than Charlton, right? They just are. Yes. And that doesn't mean they're going to be the better team for 90 minutes on Saturday, but I just, I don't know. I'm just waiting for the wobble, right? The longer wobble, yeah. I guess, cause it's coming. Um, I've heard it ha- didn't have it against like Bolton. I just really don't want to, happen against Barnsley because you don't want Barnsley to do the double right. over you ever but there you go yeah so but hey maybe they'll just keep not losing matches through this stretch at which point the schedule in uh, April gets a little bit nicer how many points are left take them all to play for I think what they got uh, the 16 matches left I think I think they're on 32 yeah. or, sorry, I think they're on 31 so 15 matches I don't know yeah we've got a lot of points to play for yeah, that 102, 103 sounds nice. I wouldn't, I would not complain. But I wouldn't like, again, I said a couple weeks ago I would sign up for second right now. Just very badly need to get out of this league. But yeah, it would be nice to see Barry Bannon hoist a trophy at the end of the season, right? Nothing wrong with that. You've been listening to episode 206 of the Owls Americast. We're on the internet at owlsamericas.com. You email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Owls Americas. Our podcast intro and bumpers by fellow Wednesday is Revit and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. And wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americas, we ask that you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesday to find our ramblings. Mike is on Twitter at Cascadia Owls. Mike, what kind of tea are you drinking? I didn't even ask that. This is a uh, turmeric ginger from the good Ooh. folks at Newman's Own. Sounds nice. Yeah, it is very good. I could go for that instead of this uh, 
weed ale, which I've only had. How, yeah, how was it? So fess up, how was it? it? It's fine. Like it's, I'm going to drink it. I was, I don't know. I was expecting, I was worried it was going to be like too overpoweringly mimosa-y, but I actually would like it to be a little less subtle, I think. Mm. Otherwise it just like tastes like a lightly citrus weed ale. But I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro and we'll try a different beer and talk about a different Wednesday match next week.